Good evening, family of God. We are so grateful that you joined us tonight. This is Good Friday, one of the most sacred events, one of these most sacred evenings of the Christian tradition of our faith. Tonight we remember, we honor the death of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. So let's sing tonight. Let's think upon Jesus. Let's think upon the cross. Let's cast our eyes upon Calvary tonight as we worship the one who gave everything for us, the ultimate sacrifice for us. Come, Lord Jesus. Focus our minds, all of our attention on you, the source, the center. You are life itself. We come to you tonight. nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust.
Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we say thank you, Jesus. Say, man, of sorrows. Man of sorrows. Till my trophy 
can we just hold this moment right here here we are on Good Friday and what we're remembering on Good Friday is that the worst thing that ever happened on planet earth God also used and it became the best thing that ever happened and the Lord Jesus is God with us and he is God for us forever he is he's Emmanuel and that means that God does not stand aloof from us but he comes into the hardest places. He comes into the most broken places. He comes into the darkest places and he fills them with holy light. And so I don't know where you find yourself tonight on this Good Friday, but I just wanna invite you to open up your hands and just begin to let faith arise in your heart and just begin to let love arise in your heart and hope arise in your heart. Begin to let adoration arise in your heart for the Lord Jesus. And so Jesus tonight, we say that we need you. We need you. We need you. We are desperate for you. Our community is desperate for you. Our world is desperate for you. And we feel as though we are on sinking sand and the world is quaking around us. And the scripture says that there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Lord Jesus, you're our rock and you're our high tower and you're our fortress and you're our stronghold. You're the one in whom we trust. And so we give ourselves over to you in this moment and we ask that you would help us trust you more in this moment. Help us trust you more. Let faith arise and fill our homes, fill our community, fill our world with holy light. We're asking that in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And if you agree with that, say amen. Amen. Friend, it's good to be with you tonight on this Good Friday. It is quite a thing to say, isn't it? Good Friday, Good Friday. This really was the darkest moment in humanity's history. And yet God used it. God was operating in it to bring about great good. That's why we call it Good Friday, that the will of God was at work in it. And the Apostle Paul, one of the things that he perceived so brilliantly was that the church was the means by which God was continuing to fill the darkness of the world with holy light. So he says this as we prepare to receive our tithes and offerings tonight. The Apostle Paul wrote this in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. He said, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. Isn't that great? So that you through his poverty might become rich. In other words, what Paul is saying is that Christ Jesus in taking on a human body and exhausting himself in death on the cross, what he does is he pours out his strength and releases his strength to lift other people. And we're at an unprecedented moment in human history right now. But one of the things that we're seeing is that the church is rising to the occasion in this moment, that we're remembering that the grace of the Lord Jesus is not just a thing for us to believe on, but it's a thing that comes to inhabit our own being so that we rise up and we become a manifestation of Christ Jesus in the earth. And over the past few weeks here at the Ministry of New Life Church, we've been able to provide over 4,000 masks and boxes of gloves and medical grade suits to hospitals and primary care providers. We're providing weekly delivery to senior care facilities, fresh produce, puzzles, arts, crafts, 400 handwritten cards of encouragement. We've made a weekly grocery and supply delivery to Mercy's Gate and Springs Rescue Mission. In fact, New Life Church and all of those who are watching this tonight, we've actually given away over two tons, two tons of food to people that are in need in our community. Guys, 
This is what the church does. The sacrifice of the Lord Jesus on the cross is not just a thing to be believed in, but for the church, we live inside of it and we allow the strength of it to be manifest through us to the world. This is a moment for us to arise. And so if you're watching this tonight, I want to encourage you not just to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ tonight, but to enter into the work of Jesus Christ tonight. You can do that in three ways. You can give on the website, you can text to give, or you can mail in your offering. But as you do that, we have so many people asking us in this season, how can I help those in need? The way you can help is by giving. As you give, as you lay down your strength, the glory and the beauty and the goodness of Christ Jesus is made manifest in the world. And so Lord Jesus, here we are. All that we are and all that we have belongs to you. We thank you that we are not just spectators in what you're doing in the world, but we are the living body of Christ. And so we pray that your strength and your love and your goodness and your vitality would be made manifest through us to the world in this moment. Lift the world out of darkness and into your marvelous light through the ministry, not just of New Life Church, but all churches all over this globe. Grant that we're asking in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And everybody said, amen. Let's continue to worship together as we give.
Friends, prepare your hearts for the word of God. Pastor Daniel Grothy is coming to, to open the scriptures to us. Um, so grab a notebook, grab your Bible, and also grab a candle. Uh, at the beginning of the service, we talked about this. Grab a candle, Pastor Daniel, Pastor Andrew will lead us through that moment with the candle at the end of the service. Good evening, friends. Thanks for joining us tonight online. Whether you're on Facebook hosting a watch party or on our YouTube channel or watching at newlifechurch.org, we're thrilled that you're with us. Just last week, I got an email from a missionary friend in China, and she's been quarantined in her apartment for three months. And she said, I'm watching every service you guys are putting out, every prayer service, every Friday night, every Sunday morning, anything you send out, we're watching. So sister, missionary friend in China, God's blessing to you. Welcome to the Good Friday service, brothers and sisters. Good Friday. I grew up knowing a lot about Easter as a kid, but I didn't understand the shape of Holy Week. I didn't know what Holy Week was trying to teach us. And I hope by the end of tonight, we'll understand why the saints of old have called it Good Friday or Holy Friday. We'll be reading from Isaiah chapter 53 and the prophet Isaiah forecasting 750 years before the Messiah would come. He had a vision, a word from the Lord, and he said, who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground, and he had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, and like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. And surely he took up our pain and he bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he, God's servant, was pierced for our transgressions and he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was put upon him and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray and each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Isaiah's letter was written to people who were living in deep pain and agony and grief. And the first 39 chapters of Isaiah's letter describes a wounded world. The embarrassment of exile for the people of Israel. The shame and the guilt of their sin. The lament of landlessness. And these people were living under the grief of their own sin and being cast into the far country and Isaiah's writing about the grief, but he says that God will send his servant to address the issue. Isaiah chapter 53, what we just read, he says there is a turn in a new direction that God's servant will show up and healing is on the way and salvation is on the way and a new day is dawning. But the question we have to ask tonight is how would healing and salvation come? And Isaiah for his part was very clear. Isaiah said by... His wounds, we are healed. That God's servant will come and will stretch out his arms and he will be beaten, he will be tortured, he will be flogged. By his wounds, we are healed. Yes, Isaiah knows that salvation initially doesn't look like much to the human eye. Salvation, God's servant, uh, he's sort of a late bloomer. There's, there's salvation hiding in plain sight. There was no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him, Isaiah says. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man familiar with pain and suffering. We are resistant to any version of salvation that doesn't look spectacular. Jesus understood this. He was talking with his disciples one day as he was getting ready to climb the hill to go to Jerusalem. And in Matthew chapter 16, we have this story and it says, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and that he must suffer many things at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Jesus is beginning to show them the trajectory of Holy Week. We're going to Jerusalem. I'm going to be arrested and lied about and falsely accused and they're going to kill me and on the third day I'll be raised up. But Peter will have nothing of this because that doesn't look spectacular. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke Jesus. He said, never Lord. 
This shall never happen to you. Jesus, this isn't strong. Jesus, this doesn't inspire the masses. Jesus, you've got to power up. You've got to fight through. You've got to send them back to Rome, all of our, all of our captors. You've got to run them out of town. It doesn't look strong, Jesus. But Jesus turned to Peter and said to him, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God but merely human concerns. Isaiah says salvation is coming, but the question is how would God address and bring healing to a wounded world? The answer is that God would heal the wounded world by being wounded by it. The answer is that he would drain the sting out of death by being stung by it. The answer is that Jesus would raise us up by going down into the grave. The answer is Jesus would set us free by becoming a prisoner himself. God indeed works in mysterious ways. And Isaiah yet calls to us that by his wounds we are healed. The good news of Good Friday is that there is no terrain of the human experience that Jesus has not traversed. That Jesus has entered into our pain. This is the God who rushes to the scene. This is the word made flesh dwelling among us and we behold his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And we behold his glory as he stretches out his arms, hands nailed to the cross, feet nailed to the cross, a crown of thorns in his head and a spear in his side. God is the one who rushes into the pain. There's no terrain of the human experience. That Jesus has not traversed. Everything you felt, he has felt. If you're feeling weak and afraid and scared right now, do I have a God for you? <laughs> if you're feeling concerned right now, if you're feeling social distancing, if you're missing your people right now, do I have a God for you? Think about Jesus hanging on the cross with his mother at his feet and his friend John the Beloved at his side and Jesus wanting to come down and comfort his mother. And here he is nailed to a tree. Jesus knows exactly what we're feeling. If you've been to the bottom, Jesus has been there with you. This Sunday, my mom came out to our house and she was working outside. It was a beautiful day and she just wanted some vitamin D. And after a couple hours, she was going home and my son, my 10-year-old boy, Wilson, runs over. She's driving away and she rolls down the window and he's about 12 feet away from her car. And he says, Gigi, I really just wish I could hug you right now. If you're feeling the distance, if you're feeling the loneliness, if you're feeling the pain, the relational sting, do I have a God for you? On Good Friday, we see that there is no terrain of the human experience that Jesus hasn't traversed. There's good news. Because of this, we can say there is no God forsaken person or place on planet Earth. I know how it is. We drive through these small towns with one stoplight and the economy's depressed and teachers who are teaching there are barely eking out a living wage and farmers are just scraping by. And very often someone, is, as you drive through that town, someone from the back seat will say, what a God forsaken place. We walk in our downtown streets and there's someone sit, sitting on the side of the road with a, with a cardboard pay, sign saying, just if you could give me a little bit help. And we walk past that and someone often will say, what a God forsaken situation. I've been in sub-Saharan Africa and I've been in the Middle East in refugee camps. People who were living good lives in war or famine or pestilence swept into their region and they were driven out. And here they are living in little shanty towns and under cardboard boxes. And very often someone will think, what a God forsaken forsaken situation, but we look up at the cross tonight and we can say with great strength and with comfort that there is no God forsaken person or place on planet earth. And this is why we call it Good Friday, because this is the God who rushes to the scene. This is the God who races into our pain. This is the God who has felt every single feeling we have ever felt on planet earth. Brothers and sisters, God is with us. I live in a really loud house. I have three vibrant children who are athletes and they play competitive sports and soccer and basketball and track. And for the last month, we haven't been able to do anything. And which means the roof is about to blow at our place. And all the energy, they can't get the wiggles out. And so everyone's just pulsating with energy all the time. And, and it's been fantastic in so many ways. And it's been maddening in so many ways. And so many of you can relate. But there have been some real nice silver linings to this moment of being locked up with my family is we've had more family dinners consecutively than we've ever had. 
We're, we're reading books together. We're watching shows. We're creating memories. We're going on walks. One of the things that we're trying to do is read more of the scriptures together just because we can. And so we're having these nice family devotionals and, you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes a day where we get out the scriptures and read and pray over one another and pray for those who are hurting. And, and we're, we'll try at the end of the text to, to try to have the kids memorize one little chunk of the passage. So, you know, uh, for God so loved the world that he, you know, you, you got it. And, you know, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind. So we're having our kids memorize little chunks of the scripture as we're doing our devotions. And last week we were reading through this text, Isaiah 53. We were sitting at the kitchen island just after breakfast and drinking coffee, Lisa and I. And at the end of the text, the, the last part of verse 5, you know, by his wounds we are healed. And so I, I would have the kids repeat after me, you know, by his wounds, by his wounds, we are healed. We are healed. Come on, Dad. You know, by his wounds, by his wounds, we are healed. And, and all of a sudden, my, my two boys, Wilson and Wakely, they're 10 and 8. They, they take that and they start screaming at the top of their lungs and hitting the kitchen counter. By his wounds, we are healed. By his wounds. And I, I was looking for a couch to dive under because I'm just sure that a lightning bolt is going to come through the house at any point. Like these are sacred, holy, somber words that you read on Good Friday. And you're kind of supposed to read them seriously and with a furrowed eyebrow. And my boys are screaming and jumping around. And, and the, the silverware in the drawer is shaking and the glasses up on the open shelving, they're shaking. And my boys are so excited. And my wife, Lisa, and daughter, Lillian, all of a sudden start jumping in. By his wounds, we are healed. And they're stomping their feet on the kitchen floor. And the pendant lighting above our kitchen island, it's swaying. And the china that my grandparents gave us at our wedding is, is rattling in the cupboard. By his wounds. And, and I'm sure my family, they've just lost their minds. But their energy was so strong and so they, they were dancing and smiling and, and, and shouting it at the top of their lungs that I just got swept up into the energy of it. And here I am, a grown 37-year-old man, dancing in my kitchen with the five of us. By his wounds, we are healed. By his wounds, we... And I, and I was thinking, this is kind of a strange and somber moment to be doing this. But the more I thought about it, I thought this is exactly what we should be doing. This is the Christian story. This is all we have. This is our calling card. Martyrs of old, they were being burned at the stake. And you know what they would say very often? By his wounds, we are healed. Missionaries getting on boats to go to the distant islands to give up their lives, telling people about the Lord Jesus Christ. They would go and they would forsake houses and mothers and sisters and brothers. And they would do it saying, by his wounds, we are healed. And brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you, you will be wounded and you will be scarred on your sojourn around planet Earth. You will be afraid and you will experience pain and loss. You will experience abandonment and betrayal. You will experience fear. You will experience it all. But Isaiah 53 tells us that the Lord Jesus Christ is the one who comes and dwells with us. There will be pain and there will be suffering, but he's experienced it all and he's gone to the very bottom of it. And on the cross, he was crushed by the pandemic of human pride. On the cross, he was hung naked and shamed in front of the world. On the cross, he looked out and he saw his disciples cowering in the corner and heading for the hills. On the cross, Jesus Christ experienced the sting of death and he cried the cry of dereliction. On the cross, Jesus felt what it was like to be human. Jesus lived the story to the fullest. And I'm here tonight, brothers and sisters, to tell you that in some strange and solemn uh, celebration, we're here tonight to glory in the cross of Christ Jesus. We're here tonight to say, God with us. We're here tonight to say, yes, we may be experiencing disorientation and we may be afraid of the future and we may not know what's going to happen with our small businesses and we may not know what's going to happen with our elderly and we're not sure what's happening in hospitals and nursing homes all over this city and all over this nation and all around the world. But one thing we do know is that Jesus Christ has entered into our story and somehow by his wounds, we are Healed, brothers and sisters, tonight I'm inviting you to behold the wounded God who has come to heal a wounded world. Can you say amen? amen? Tonight, as we come to the end of our service, the proper response 
is to respond to Jesus, to come to the foot of the cross. The cross tonight for all of us is an invitation. It's an invitation to die our own deaths, to die to our own sin, to die to our pride, to die to bitterness and unforgiveness, to die to anger, to die to our incapacitating anxieties, to die to our precious illusion of control. Tonight is an invitation to meet Jesus at the cross, to die with him so that we can be raised up with him. And so, brothers and sisters, the proper response tonight is repentance. The proper response tonight is to ask for mercy. The proper response tonight is to look up at Jesus and trust that his wounds are here to bring us healing tonight. So what I'm going to ask is that you join me in praying this prayer of confession. It's a prayer that's lifted out of scripture largely and we're going to ask God for mercy. We're going to ask God to pour out his spirit on us. We're going to ask God to give us life. So if you can pray this prayer tonight by faith, if you're ready to call on Jesus afresh tonight, would you join me in praying this prayer of confession? Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought and word and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name and all God's people said, amen. Brothers and sisters, I'm here to light this candle tonight. And if you would light the candles that you have there in your apartment or your dorm room or your living room, light the candle. And, and as we sing this song, Nothing But the Blood of Jesus, I want you to invite Jesus into your darkness. Let, invite the light of the world into your pain. Invite Jesus to illuminate your life right now in this season in the way that only Jesus can illuminate your life. We'll sing this song, calling on the name of Jesus and trusting in his salvation. And in just a minute, Pastor Andrew will come up and lead us in a time. Let's worship the Lord.
but the blood of Jesus. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. The writer of the book of Hebrews says that since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity in order that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you tonight that by his wounds we have been healed. I'm here to tell you tonight that sin and death made the biggest mistake that they could ever make by swallowing the Son of God. (laughs) Hell went in an uproar for it took a body and it discovered God and its power was broken and we celebrate that this night that God has entered into our darkness and he's turned the darkness on its ear. One of Jesus' best friends, John, wrote that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And on the cross, it seemed as though the darkness had overcome it. The light was swallowed up, but for a moment. But as the light journeyed into the realm of darkness, we know that the darkness was broken. And tonight, we remember that. And so I want to invite you as our final confession tonight, as we enter into the spirituality of this moment, I want to invite you to take these old words on your lips. This is from the book of Romans, chapter 5, and verse 8. I'm going to read this, and then we're going to respond together. Thanks be to God. Brothers and sisters, tonight, and then we're going to extinguish our candles together. Brothers and sisters, I say to you tonight that God showed his love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Thanks be to God. You can extinguish your candle. Thank you for joining us on Good Friday. What a beautiful word from Pastor Daniel Grothy. By his wounds, we are healed. As you know, the story doesn't end on Good Friday, so we invite you to join us again on Easter Sunday morning at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. on all of our congregation's websites or Facebook pages. You can even find New Life Church on YouTube. Subscribe and follow along. Join us. Let's worship together as we celebrate the hope of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. God bless you. Have a wonderful weekend.